Welcome to More Than a Mission, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to discern God's calling to live an active, intentional life of sharing the gospel. Each week, we talk about the way God is moving in our lives, around the world, and everywhere in between, as well as how God's call to missions may apply to your life. Ready to explore your calling? Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the More Than a Mission podcast. Uh, my name is Micah Torgerson. And I am joined here, as always, with the track star, pole vaulter, Zaya Henderson. What's up, guys? And soccer superstar, Andrew Carlberg. How's it going? Thanks for joining me again today, guys. Uh, Today, we are going to be taking a deeper dive into all of our past. Yes, you heard that right. Our past. We're going to be telling y'all our background, our upbringing, our faith journey, and how the Lord has brought us to where we are today. All right, so before we get into the deep stuff, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about yourselves? Zaya, why don't you kick us off, man? So I'm 25 years old. I grew up in Newton, North Carolina, which is a very small town. If you don't know where that is, it's close to Charlotte. That's the only big city that we're near or Raleigh, if you don't know where Charlotte is also. I went to Maiden High School, did pole vaulting there for all all four years. Then I went to High Point University where I studied human relations and sociology and pole vaulted there as well. Right now I am working as a manager or a shift lead at a trampoline park. And also I am a habitual technician for a small miracle, Little Miracles, which is working with people with autism. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing, Dad. Andrew? Yeah, so I am 27. I'm the old man around here. (laughs) And (laughs) I grew up in Wheaton, Illinois, which is like 30, 40 minutes west of Chicago. And then I moved to Indianapolis, middle of Indiana, if you don't know where that is. Uh, For college, I went to Butler University, studied actuarial science and MIS, which stands for Management Information System. Uh, And I am now an actuarial analyst. And if you have no idea what that means, basically I sit at a computer and code and do math all day for health insurance companies. Fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. I can definitely relate to that. Uh, (laughs) I am 24. I currently live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Grew up in Watertown, Wisconsin, which is a small town between Milwaukee and Madison. Um, I grew up in private schools uh, my whole life. My dad is a teacher uh, at a Lutheran elementary school that I went to from kindergarten through eighth grade. And then I went to uh, Lakeside Lutheran High School in Lake Mills, Wisconsin uh, for, for, my, for my four years of high school. For college, I went to Carroll University in Waukesha. Uh, where I studied, I majored in accounting with a, a CPA emphasis and minored in management and leadership. Um, since graduating college a couple of years ago, I have gotten my CPA license and I work for a public accounting firm uh, out of our Milwaukee office, uh, primarily doing audit and tax work for not for profit organizations. Uh, which is kind of cool, but also kind of in the same boat as Andrew, where I sit at a computer and look at Excel spreadsheets all day. So as fun as, as fun as that can be, you know, (laughs) super exciting. 
<laughs> all right, let's get into the good stuff. Uh, I want to hear all about how God has led y'all to where we are today. So, you know, your upbringing, everything that has caused you to be right here, you know, going on the world race, doing this podcast, all that good jazz. Let's hear your y'all's faith journeys. Zay, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in a Christian household my whole life. Both parents were Christians. Pretty much everybody that I interacted with were Christians. And one day at church, I was around three years old, and my brother went up to the altar car, altar call, and my brother is two year, two and a half years older than me. And I just followed him up there because not that I was following him, but it was something that I wanted to do because I didn't turn back when I got up there. And what a good older brother. Set <laughs> right? the example. <laughs> I know. And ever since then, I've been on the Christian journey. Has definitely been some struggles, but that's what Christianity is. There is struggles with it when it comes to Christianity. And been fighting the battle, <laughs> trying to live the best life or live the life that God has wanted me to live. When well, college was the hard part since like you're getting away from your church and kind of venturing out on your own especially being young and everything, you kind of get influenced by everybody that's in your college and everything. But being on the track team kind of helped and being a pole vulture also helped because it's a small knit community. And also some of the pole vultures were also fellow Christians, which definitely helped a tremendous amount. And it was amazing just to see how we grew together and fellowship that way as a Christian community and influence other people on our track team. Yeah, that's awesome. And honestly, like I was going to ask you a question, but I think you, you kind of already answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Go for uh, it. And Andrew, feel free to yeah. chime in too, uh, if you have any input on it too, because I think y'all have a very different um, like school experience than I did growing up, you know, just having been in private school my whole life, like specifically Lutheran schools from kindergarten through the time I graduated high school. What was it like for y'all going to public schools? Like what kind of challenges did you face in terms of attacks on your faith and, and being Christians and, and how did you work through those things? See, it was weird for me. Like my, through like elementary school to high school was all public schools. And then college was a private Methodist school. That's where I had the most struggle. Like but the public school was totally <laughs> fine with, but because like the community that we had was like pretty much all Christians that I hung out with and everything. So that was easier for me to be able to interact with them, talk to them and share my faith with them. But with college, like you coming from so many different backgrounds, different religions, different counties and all other stuff to see what they believe and what they might not believe, which is crazy. So that was a struggle was college at a private school yeah I mean I'll share more when I get to my story but the reality is like uh I didn't struggle because I didn't care about Jesus at all <laughs> through high school <laughs> when I was in public school <laughs> short and to the point I like it <laughs> and I'm not I guess I'm not trying to not trying to say that you know everything is all hunky-dory for us people that that grew up you know, going to, to Christian schools, because I know that's just not the case. But for me, personally, uh, it kind of just felt like, 
because like those resources and you know the the daily devotionals bible studies chapels you know church services all that kind of stuff was so embedded in the the school schedules and it was so available for us that i just kind of fell into this complacency of feeling that okay i was doing everything that i was supposed to do and that was it and it was a pretty rude awakening after leaving high school coming to the realization that like it's not just going to be handed to me um and then i actually have to work on strengthening my faith but at the same time it's a good thing because that lack of availability kind of created my like my yearning and my seeking like wanting to seek out like my desire to seek out having relationship with god and finding ways to strengthen my faith so i think it's it's really cool to see the differences in all of our our stories there andrew yeah. i was just gonna say i would say like in college which is when i actually started caring about things like i look at friends I know that went to Christian schools and like I have just like been able to look back and seen so much beauty in Butler's like 4,500 kids um, there's big ministry there called crew there's probably like 150 to 200 kids who showed up every week but like there was so much beauty in how tight-knit that community can't became because like <laughs> while there wasn't a ton of people who were trying to walk with the Lord like it was easy to find because like everybody who actually like went wanted to be there versus like, I have just seen that like through friends, the reality of like to think that like everybody on a Christian campus is like really wanting to walk with the Lord is just like not true. Um, and so I saw a lot of beauty in attending a school that wasn't predominantly Christian yet. Like it, it just forced our community to become so tight knit. Um, um, yeah yeah that is that is really cool to see and to be honest Andrew like just hearing you say like give your super short answer to <laughs> how you got through attacks on Christianity and it being well I didn't really care about Jesus so I never really had had to deal with that kind of just blows my mind because you know we just met seven eight months ago mm -hmm. and knowing you now i don't know like i just can't picture for myself like what that andrew looked like do you want to tell us what yeah. that was like and, and how you got to who you are now <laughs> yeah so the like i said grew up in wheaton illinois which um fun fact is in the guinness book of world records for most churches per square mile hey there you go <laughs> so super conservative super christian town um and i grew up in a huge church like three thousand people and um grandparents deacons at the church like the kitchen is literally named after my grandma because she spent so much time like serving and providing meals and both my parents working at the church and so i like grew up going to church every sunday didn't want to be there but i went because it's what we did and what you have to do and like also an added element of like everybody knew who i was because of all of those ties with my family <laughs> i feel like i, I like <laughs> i specifically remember one sunday when i was probably like seven or eight we were camping in my basement and 
it was daylight savings. And so I woke up and thought that we had slept through church and I was like pumped. And then I realized that I found out that the clock had just shifted back and we still had to go to church and it was devastating. Um, but what my life looked like growing up um, was just completely dominated by sports. Everything about my identity was rooted in sports. I grew up playing, I played baseball, basketball, soccer, basketball faded the earliest because I'm not the tallest person around. Uh, but like heavily into baseball and soccer. And then towards the end of high school, soccer like really took over to the point where I was like literally playing on a team that was an hour and a half away from my house because it was like top 15 team in the nation. And it was like Tuesday, Thursday nights, going to 10 p.m. practices, getting home at 1.30 in the morning, taking a shower, going to sleep, waking up at six for high school. Like it completely dominated my life. That's yeah, mm -hmm. it was a time to think that like they just, <laughs> I just went with a friend, like two 16 year olds driving to the other side of Chicago and back twice a week at wow. two in the morning. Kind of crazy to think about. Um, right. But that just completely dominated my life. Um, and so like, if we won, good day. If we lost, bad day. Like everything about my life was rooted in that. But I grew up playing both soccer and baseball with a good friend whose name was Matt. And the nickname we had for this kid, to just give you an idea of who he was, was the Energizer Bunny. Like, <laughs> we would literally be running suicides at practice, and this kid would be, like, laughing and smiling. <laughs> you would ask he him, He was like, one of those. Yeah. But so you would ask him, like, Matt, why the heck, like, are you having fun right now? And he would just start talking about this Jesus dude. And I was like, man, I hear all about this dude too. And I do not feel happy and joyful or <laughs> suicides. Like what the heck is different about it for you? Um, he would explain. I would never really listen. And the summer May between my eighth grade and freshman year, we had a soccer tournament. And uh, by the last game of the tournament, Matt like sat the entire game because he was super low on energy, didn't really know what was going on. After the game, he takes his socks and shin guards off and his legs are like bruised knee down the whole thing. So it's like, that's not good. So he ends up going to the hospital and getting diagnosed with leukemia. And I would like, like to tell you at that point that I like started to consider things. Um, but the reality is like not really. I I don't know if y'all have ever like walked through a disease like that with somebody, but like you notice the physical if you go like a while without seeing somebody, um, but to like see them every day, he was like essentially the same personality. Like he was still just Matt. He just no longer could play sports with us. And so I never really like considered anything. High school went on, still completely dominated by, I've described my high school life as like, 95% interested in my success in sports, 5% interested in cute girls. <laughs> and, <laughs> like high school went on like that. Um, and then end of school year between junior and senior year of high school, three days to the day that he had been diagnosed, Matt was out in Seattle getting a bone marrow transplant. It's supposed to be like finally cured, enter into remission, all of that. And I came home from school one day to find out from my mom that he had passed away. And like the crazy thing about it 
is that like it worked. He was in remission, like all cancer was gone from his body, but he was so weak from the operation that he ended up getting pneumonia um, Mm -hmm. and ended up passing away from that. So I would tell you at that point that I either hated God or I didn't believe he existed um, because I couldn't understand why, like out of all people, like the one teenage kid that I saw like truly happy and joyful and like proclaiming who this Jesus dude was, like how he would take away that person. Um, And so that summer was rough. I mean, essentially at the end of the day, I just buried everything and continued to press forward into like my identity being in sports even more so now to like let that be a distraction from actually processing anything. And that continued on until um, there was a night in October. It was our, so I went to the public high school. That was like literally 65 steps from my house. I've counted it multiple times. And (laughs) Matt had gone to the private Christian school in Wheaton. And at that, it's called Wheaton Academy. Their football team's trash. So like their homecoming is soccer. And so we played against them on their homecoming night. And they had like a huge halftime ceremony for Matt um, and all of that. And throughout that game, uh, it was an interesting thing for a 17-year-old kid to like be fighting emotion the entire time. You know, you don't want to show it. But then like also playing soccer, it was the worst game ever. Uh, we even lost on like a trash call from the ref. But <laughs> Sure. Uh, that's what they all say yeah handball in the box with like two minutes left it was it was stupid um but as i'm driving home from that game just like really going through the thoughts of like matt and all that i was flipping through radio stations i don't know i'll probably land it on caleb i don't know what it was not like the biggest caleb guy but uh <laughs> out of nowhere i'm just flipping through songs and i land on the bridge of in christ alone and it says no guilt in life no fear in death this is the power of christ in me from life's first cry to final breath jesus commands my destiny and i like wish that i could explain it to you well enough um but i would describe that moment as like somehow the light bulb went on in that moment and like all of this head knowledge that I had like heard and learned in attending church every single day growing up like it finally all made sense to me about like why had why Matt still had hope and joy amidst what he was walking through and I uh, drove home and texted my parents lied to them told them I was going to eat dinner at Qdoba with the soccer team they didn't know about this till like two years ago uh, and instead I went to our field and I just sat there and cried and prayed for like a couple hours. Um, and so I would tell you that that is the night that I started a relationship with Jesus. And I wish I could tell you that it meant life was like peachy and rosy from there on out. I'm just like walked awesomely. Uh, the reality is nothing changed about my life for the rest of high school. Um, I was just so rooted in the friendships I already had and the things I was a part of with sports. Uh, the big change was um, deciding to drop a commitment that I had to play soccer in college. Um, it finally came around to March and I was just like, there's no chance. Like if I'm going to be serious about like 
wanting to follow Jesus. Like, I, there's just no way that I can continue to play soccer in college without it being an idol. And so mm-hmm. I dropped out of that commitment and it's March of my senior year. and I have no idea where I'm going to college. <laughs> so I applied to two schools. Uh, one, just because Butler grew up a big Duke basketball fan. They had just beaten Butler in the national championship. And so that's the only reason I knew who they were. And then Bradley, <laughs> which is in Peoria, Illinois. I absolutely hated Bradley's campus. And I was like, pretty all right with Butler's. So I chose Butler and went to Butler. There you go. <laughs> but like looking back on it, it was just like such a huge blessing and just like so clearly the Lord's design. Um, pretty immediately met a few friends through a Spanish class and like got plugged into crew. And that became my community for all four years through that got pushed into like tons of leadership and speaking opportunities, which if you were to ask me the question of like the thing that has changed the most about me, like personality wise in walking with Jesus is I'll tell you the only element of like passion or like confidence that I saw before Jesus was like within sports. Um, but like, I think about like speech classes in high school, like I was good at them. I could like BS my way through a presentation, but like I would get, I'm so blushed, so red, so nervous, heart pounding. Uh, and like the Lord has just like flipped that on its head to the point where like, I do feel very confident and like have, he's given me a ton of chances to lead and to speak. Um, but that started through that crew organization in college. Uh, but I would still tell you that I think most of college for me was still just like gaining head knowledge um, and not like totally walking, not understanding what it meant to like walk in intimacy, intimacy with the Lord where the biggest shift like period of my life would be the first three years out of college. Um, graduated from college, moved like two blocks off campus and immediately stepped into a bit of like leadership within the local church I was going to. And through that church met um, a good friend whose name was Addison. And for the next three years, like would be the most clear time in my life. I would tell you I've experienced like a walking two by two where like everything we did was missional. Like, I don't know if you guys know the game spike ball. We got really good at that game. Started playing like (laughs) tournaments. We would go like, wreck people in spike ball and then like share the gospel with them <laughs> like, the, like everything okay, that's super life. interesting like how so, can you can you just like paint a picture for us how exactly you do that because very I don't know about you, but if i'm playing you in spike ball and you just destroy us like i'm not listening to a word that you're saying afterwards <laughs> no uh i can't say it was successful every time it was a very blunt it would literally just be like Hey man, I know this sounds really weird, but do you know Jesus? <laughs> and like, see where that goes. Um, I found a lot of beauty in that in life, and just like being direct. I think we can like way try and over strategize things rather than just like stepping into it. Um, we like intimidate ourselves out of just like offering someone a chance to hear. Yeah, yeah I'm see, pretty good at that myself. I saw it as you got a point, and oh, Jesus loves you after every point. <laughs> That's how I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're 
we were both very competitive dudes. So while the spike ball was happening, zero witnessing was going on. Gotcha. <laughs> it was all in the aftermath. <laughs> uh, three years of just like, yeah, like learning what it means to live missionally and to like be expectant of miraculous. Like in that time, went overseas on multiple missions trips, like started seeing crazy things like healing, started experiencing visions um, and just like all kinds of things of just like how personal and intimate the Lord is and really taught me what it means to just like pray boldly and expectantly in a way that is like costly in a way that is like, rather than praying in hopes that God shows up where I can still like be in control and manage it. If he doesn't like, what does it look like to pray in a way where if he doesn't show up, like I have no chance, like this thing has no chance of happening, like to bring myself to that point of dependence. And so um, walked three years like that, that dude got married, moved to South Africa with his wife to be a missionary and like, a community of four or five guys I've been a part of like all dispersed either moved or got married and kind of like fell off the face of the earth and so then um stepped into a season that wasn't super fun but was the most growing time I've ever had with just like hungering for scripture um in the span of like I was also moved in by myself like so I was living by myself all my community just falling apart just like two and a half years ago now and um literally read the new testament in like four weeks and i don't know that i like suggest that because it's like <laughs> four hours a day uh but it's like that was a season of just like hungering for scripture and like starting to see ties and learning like what it means to pray through scripture um and then from there the last few years i've been blessed to be a part of a really awesome um house church and like through that uh, their oldest daughter is just like a rock star with worship. And I guess the brief version of that um, vision that I mentioned last time on here, uh, I was walking between two mountains and all of a sudden this rain falls, but like, it's not rain. It's like five feet of water falls at one time. And so now the mountains are like islands because everything is underwater and I'm just like treading water. And the like, scriptural tie to that that became very evident was um it's second samuel something uh but it's where god gives him the name gives himself the name baal perizim like he tells david that he's going to go forward against his enemies as water breaks through like so the name means god of the breakthrough but is like literally tied to a dam bursting like that is the imagery and like what the meaning is and so like in the same way like change and revival and like walking in intimacy like what that looks like isn't like a little drizzle that comes and like leaves the ground wet but nothing changes long term like it is a massive amount of flooding and water that causes erosion and like everything around it to look different going forward like that's what breakthrough is and so from there i get picked up by a boat driven to this island or like what used to be a mountain in front of me is now an island which the boat was like very clearly jesus like not getting there without him. And then I step out onto this island surrounded in this cloud. So I can't see anything. And I just start hearing this worship, which apparently there was 11 languages. Um, and that piece was just like very clearly twofold. One, the cloud in the old Testament is used all over the place to mark God's presence. Like the Israelites just follow the cloud wherever it goes. 
and like the beauty of being in a cloud like so many times every time moses met with god like a cloud either descended or met him up on a mountain the beauty being that it, like removes all distraction and like you can't see any of the distractions around you because you're caught up in this cloud and then the peace so like the call in that was like to be a man who brings an awareness of the holy spirit um and then to do that through a life of worship it's definitely, I don't think a call to me because I can't sing worth a lick, <laughs> but uh, to like do so, I, at the time, thought the multiple languages was to like just do so with diversity. Um, I do think there was a very clear foreshadowing of world race with there being 11 languages. Um, but that happened during that time. And like through that started leading all these worship nights, like giving tons of chances to just like speak and to teach. Um, and through that, have just like seen the Lord like really grow my heart with a longing for intimacy, um, and just like countless opportunity after opportunity to share. And I guess the last thing I would share in this is like uh, the there's a lot of beauty in being someone who's like been given platforms, um, but I think there's also a lot of people who view me as like higher because of the giftings that I have, and like higher because like they see me on stage and the like reality of like the call to the body is like the mouth is no more valuable than the foot like one might seem more glamorous in our society but like the reality is like they neither can exist without the other one and um it's just like the the thing that i have seen in having chances to like teach is just like how many times I have sat and tried to prepare um and like think about what I'm going to teach and every single time the Holy Spirit's just like nope you're not talking about that you're talking about this instead and like it's just been this beautiful opportunity to like be dependent on Holy Spirit and so in that I have asked myself so many times like Lord why the heck do you use like broken me who still wrestles with pride who still wrestles with like selfishness who still wrestles with all of these things or why do you continue to just like give me so many opportunities and like serve them up on a platter and like the answer that i've been given and really believe is biblical is simply because like i have been willing to say yes like it has nothing to do with being more like equipped knowledgeable like charismatic eloquent any of that it is simply just like what we are called to is to say yes and i think the like this isn't even like tied to my story anymore but the last thing i'll say is like the best description that i have heard of living missionally is like the world does not need more people who can like back people into theological corners like what the world desperately needs is people who suck at sharing the gospel to do it like to share the reality of their stories and like to share the personal ways that we've seen the Lord move. Um, like it has nothing to do with how talented quote talented we are. Like it is simply in our willingness to step through that uncertainty and like discomfort to share. Like that's where the Holy spirit shows up. That's where we give him a chance to show up. Like that's where the miraculous happens. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause one thing that came to my mind was, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. I absolutely love hearing 
your story, Andrew, is like, as I said before, just going from a kid that couldn't give two craps about Jesus to see where you are today is just, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. And I, I know you touched in our last episode on your calling to the world race and choosing the option that forces you to give up everything. And then hearing that in your, your, your uh, college journey that you chose to give up soccer so that you could follow the Lord, be, like knowing that that would become an idol to you and, and shy, shy you away from, from following the Lord. That I just can't commend you enough for that because that, that's absolutely incredible. I know for a fact I would not have done that or made that decision if, if I were in your case. And that's probably why I wasn't good enough at sports to, to even have to be able to make that decision because God knew I couldn't. <laughs> uh, how about you, Micah? What is, uh, how have you ended up where you're at? Uh, so I know I touched a little bit earlier on the fact that I grew up in uh, going to Lutheran schools. I was very blessed to have two very loving Christian parents who very much so not only valued my education, but valued it being a Christian education. And my dad is a sixth grade teacher. He teaches at the Lutheran elementary school that I went to from kindergarten through eighth grade. Um, And so the earlier parts of my life was a lot of going to school early with dad because he had to get to school to get ready. And then once I was out of school, it was sitting in dad's classroom until five o'clock at night when he was finally ready to go home. Um, And that led to a lot of, you know, good things where I always had that time immediately after school where I got all my schoolwork done, um, all that kind of stuff. It also led to a lot of time in the gym or outside at like the the sports fields around the school uh, while we were waiting for him. Um, but then going into high school, like I touched on earlier, I went to a Lutheran high school and the word like was always just kind of there for us. Like we were required to take a religion class every semester of high school. And we touched on various different topics, uh, throughout the four years there. Um, we had daily devotionals and Bible studies in homeroom. We had daily chapels where the entire school body gathered in the gym and a teacher or one of the pastors from the school gave a chapel. Um, And so I think like I was also involved in our acapella choir uh, that went and toured all of the different uh, high school federation churches. Um, And so I think my high school experience was a little different than than most people's just in the sense that the high school that I went to we had kids coming from you know 30 miles in every direction of the town that our high school was in um, just because we had people from all these different churches uh, throughout that area that were sending their kids to this high school to get a Lutheran education Um, and so then transitioning into into college, it, it was just a big shock to me because I had never had to work to making 
like spending time in God's word, a part of my life. Like it was always just there for me. So once that was stripped away, I didn't know how to implement, you know, like a routine or uh, like implementing something in my schedule to spend time with the Lord. And that definitely showed. Um, my college experience was probably close to your typical college kid experience. Like, I think I just fell into such a societal life where coming out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Like, how do you expect a 17, 18 year old kid to know exactly what he wants to do for the rest of his life? You know, having grown up around Christian people at church and, and the Christian educators that I had, I had a lot of people in my ear telling me, oh, you would be such a good pastor. You would be such a good teacher. But being a teacher's kid, I just had this attitude that there is no way in heck that I am going to do what my dad does. Like, I'm not going to be like my dad. There's no way a life, like a life in ministry is what I'm going to pursue. And that's exactly what happened. I completely shut that out and kind of just picked something at random, uh, not really knowing what it was. I, I was always pretty good at math. Like I was always in the advanced classes um, and just chose a random career out of that. I chose accounting, not really knowing what it was. Truth be told, when I went and toured the college that I ended up going to, my parents set up a, a meeting with me uh, with the head accounting professor at the college to talk about like the three different uh, college paths in that degree. And he kept using this term CPA, which not knowing then stood for certified public accountant, but I had no freaking clue what it meant. And like, he kept <laughs> talking about how like the paths were centered on this CPA track. And I was like, dude, I, and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to look like an idiot, but I had absolutely no clue what he was talking about. And I, I had no idea what accounting was until I showed up to college and took my first accounting class. And I went through that first accounting class. I was like, Oh, this is easy. Like I got this, this is accounting. I'm gold. Like it's going to be a piece of cake. And it got harder. I'll tell you that it got harder, but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was kind of stuck in this weird position uh, where like I just kind of conformed to the what the people around me were doing. And so I spent a lot of my college years like doing what I was supposed to do, like joining a business organization on campus um, to develop valuable business skills and to have something to put on my resume after I was done with college. I got multiple internships during the four years I was at college to get that experience that all employers are looking for on your resume after you graduate college and need five years of experience to qualify for the, the position that you're applying for. <laughs> um, and like, I got so good at like doing what I was supposed to do that it got to a point where I was like, I got this, like I'm doing everything right. 
everything is, is going exactly the way it's supposed to be for my life. Like I was working two different jobs on top of taking 20 credit semester, like 20 credit semesters um, and doing that all in the week. Like, so I pushed all of that during the week so that my weekends were completely free to go out and party with my friends. And to be honest, that's what a lot of my college experience looked like was drinking with friends, going out to the bars, going to house parties, all of that kind of stuff. And it never really consisted of spending time with the Lord and going to church on Sunday mornings because I would be laying in bed hungover from the night before. And the summer between my junior and senior, no, my sophomore and junior year, um, one of my friends from high school went on a mission trip to Haiti. And after she got back, she like posted pictures and all that kind of stuff. And I reached out to her to ask to meet up uh, to talk about what she had experienced. And after, after I talked to her, like I kind of just had that feeling that I knew, okay, this is, I got to try this. Like I have to do this. Uh, it sounded super cool. It sounded super fulfilling. Um, and I went that summer down to Haiti. That trip opened my eyes to a lot of different things. Number one, it opened my eyes to like contemporary Christian music where I grew up in a very conservative church. We sang hymns out of the hymnal with an organ playing in the background. And that was the extent of worship music that I knew. So it opened my eyes to that. Um, it opened my eyes to something we touched on in the last podcast as well, um, where just seeing people in such a dark place, like, societally if that's even a word uh but these people that are living in this in such poverty but have so much joy because of the faith that they have in jesus christ um and i wish like andrew like you were saying with that moment in the car i wish that i could say that that trip was the turning point for me and like everything was peachy keen after that but I came back and did exactly what everyone on like from that the miss, mission organization that I went to like told like warned me of. I came back home and just almost immediately went back to my everyday life. I still had two years of college left at that point, and it was still the same work, go to class, drink with friends like and and that's that's just what I did. And it wasn't really until I was, it's about a year after graduation that things kind of started to change for me, where I kind of got to the point where I wasn't feeling any fulfillment in my job as an, like an accountant at the public accounting firm that I work for. Um, even though I had just like had all this hope built up like I was got getting all this good feedback from work saying I was doing such a good job and I bought a house in the area because I was like okay this is great like I'm loving life I can see myself doing this and I don't know what in the heck happened but all of a sudden like it just changed and I remember um there was one day it was a 
just about a year and a half ago now, my friend Ashley, uh, she was a friend from college. She invited me to this Bible study that she went to on Saturday mornings at the church that she went to. Um, and oddly enough, this Bible study that she was going to was started and led by my cousin and his wife. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had invited me to it prior to that. And I just didn't go. Um, but for whatever reason, Ashley had invited me this time and I just decided to go with, and it was such an odd thing because I walked into this Bible study with Ashley, her mom was there, my cousin and his wife were there. And then two other people that I hadn't met yet. But like the fact that this is my first time at this Bible study and I know the majority of the people was just, it was just insane. Um, but I remember leaving that Bible study, like feeling so fulfilled in the sense that I hadn't really ever experienced like creating relationships with people centered around God's word before. And especially like with my cousin and his wife, like before that, he had always just been cousin Tyler and his wife, Kelsey. And like, there was nothing wrong with that because that's how I grew up to know him. But opening up that door to seeing him in a different light and was just incredible. And I've gotten so close with them over the past year and a half. Um, that Bible study on Saturday morning led me to go back to the church the next day on Sunday morning for worship. And honestly, I could probably count um, the times that I've missed Sunday morning worship at that church on one hand since then. Mm -hmm. And not just because like you go to church on Sunday morning, but because it was just a complete 180 flip from going to church on Sunday morning. Cause that's what you're supposed to do to actually wanting and desiring to be in the Lord's house on Sunday morning and worshiping uh, with the, with the community that's there. And ever since then, it's just been like, I don't even know how to describe how life has changed since then, because I think I'm still going through it. Like I'm still struggling with finding the time, like making the time to spend in God's word every day and making that a consistent thing in my life. But I just know that I'm going in the right direction and I can only thank God for that. Yeah. I think it's just like, and hearing all of our stories so different yet, like <laughs> so many of them, like there's moments of like looking back, it's almost comical how weird and random it was yet. Like yeah. moments that like the Lord so clearly designed. Um, I don't know. It's just super humbling to like think about that and then think about like all the stupid little things that like I can easily worry about now. Mm -hmm. And like, what am I going to think when I look back at that five years from now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is really crazy but i i always just think of it as you know if everything that i've gone through is what it took to get me here that that's what it is like i wouldn't want to go back and change it um because i this is who i am now and i'm happy to be where I am now, even though I, I know it's not the end of the journey. Yeah. 
For sure. I think there's just beauty in like <laughs> can be frustrating at times too, but there's just so much beauty in like the way I've heard it described. It's like all right, analytical math people, you're gonna visualize. <laughs> you think about two graphs like having different slopes, right? And so like it's really easy for us to think that like knowing the Lord is just this like flat line that we're getting closer and closer and closer to as we are like growing and growing and growing. But like what is actually true is like knowing him is not a flat line. It's actually like a way more vertical line. It's like we take one step closer to him only to realize that like his holiness is like twice as far away as we thought it was. It's like, we just like continue to step closer and closer and closer, but the closer we get, like the wider that gap actually appears between us. Yeah. I love that analogy right there. It's really, I really <laughs> like that. Well, I think, that's all we have for you guys this week. Uh, I hope that you're able to relate even just in the slightest with anything that the three of us have, have talked about and have gone through in our journeys uh, to where we are today. Um, we would love to hear y'all's journey with the Lord and how you got here. So feel free uh, to reach out to us, uh, share with us your story ask us any questions that you, you may have that we didn't cover in the stories that we just shared, because I'm sure, at least I know for myself, there's probably a lot of things that I missed. Um, but thank you for tuning in. Come back next week as we discuss the most exciting thing about preparing for the world race, and that is fundraising. Yes, <laughs> we have a lot of money to raise to spend these 11 months uh, doing missions around the world. And it's not up to us. It's not up to us to do it. Uh, it's all about building the, that community of support uh, and trusting in God that, that he'll provide. So tune back in next week when we talk about fundraising. Thanks, y'all. Have a good week. We'll see you later. See you guys. See you next time. We want to thank you for listening to More Than a Mission. For more information and to keep up with our ministries, follow us on social media at More Than a Mission Podcast or email us directly at more than a mission at outlook.com.